My God, I loved your show, The Nakarima Society. Thank you. This is what I loved so much about your production of Pearl Clegg's great play was the comic precision with which the show was staged and played by every single actor on that stage. And I'm dying to know how you did that and whether we can bottle it for future productions. That is really high praise, especially from a comedy person. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever it is, wherever you are. I'm Austin Titchener, one-third of the Reduced Shakespeare Company, and you're listening to this week's Reduced Shakespeare Company podcast, number 880, The Nakarima Society. The Goodman Theater production of Pearl Clegg's hysterical play, The Nakarima Society, requests the honor of your presence at a celebration of their first 100 years has been extended to October 22, 2023, thanks in no small part to the masterful direction of Lillianne Brown, who gave both freedom and focus to her actors that allowed them to dial up both the comedy and the heart of Clegg's script. I was thrilled to talk to Lillianne about how she does what she does and to discover our shared roots in the comedy and summer stock trenches. I don't hear a lot about the value of comedy and that's really where I cut my teeth. Um, My early career, my early career was like, you know, cheapo, music, like music theater, dinner theater, where people are like clinking plates. Oh my God. And you sort of learn the old ways of Broadway. Like this is literally like back in the nineties, the people who were teaching me would, you know, go on a smoke break and be like, kid, you gotta, you know, you know, why aren't you? Like that's, <laughs> that was the kind of mentorship that I had with somebody like blowing smoke in my face and telling me the basics. And then I got to be like louder, faster, funnier, right? Um, and then, you know, then you, you grow up and you get your union card and, you know, you're, you're not seeing those people anymore. But then I spent, um, gosh, probably the better part of a decade working in and around Second City, just not on their stages. Because by the time I was working with Second City, I was already a union actor. And like, so you sort of, know <laughs> that like oh this is I remember going to Second City and people were like ooh Second City and then I got you know I was working there and I was like join your what your comedy blue team what is that you go around in a van and get paid what mm-hmm. oh no honey I'm not doing that so I was like what what's this bizco oh this pays scads of money and we travel and I I would like to do that, please. Yeah. And also that's when they had gotten started with theatricals. And as a union actor, when I heard about like, oh, you're doing shows that are going to Woolly Mammoth or Center Stage or like, those are places that I wanted to get a stage credit. Yeah. And so I basically dove into like, send me out on theatricals, send me to BizCo, because that was real money. And it was insurance weeks for me. And like, and people were like, 
don't you want to be on a team? Don't you want to be the, on the ETC? And I was like, not really. I mean, I actually had offers to do so. And I, I understudied ETC. That's when I first started, I understudied ETC. And then I was like, I don't want to do this. Let me do something else. What, what, because what, what? they were comedy people, right? These were the people that they really had these goals of like, I want to end up on SNL. I want to go to LA or whatever. And I was already a working actor. So I was like, yeah. oh, I just want good acting work. That's yeah. what I want to get out of this. But I learned a ton. Um, and then the sort of third pillar of me and comedy is that I did summer stock for the better part of uh, 13 years. Um, I didn't do all 13 summers, but over a span of 13 years, I think I did nine summers of summer stock. And like my mentor was really uh, a louder, faster, funnier, like kind of, I did farce out there. I did a lot of musicals, but I did get to do a farce. My first farce was um, a farce called Unnecessary Farce. That is a hilarious, wonderful American farce. And there is very little American farce um, that I did out at a place called Timberlake Playhouse. So that's like me and my sort of comedy roots. So I asked for, you know, again, like I was being offered all of the regular sad black lady shows. And I was like, no, I don't want to. Can somebody give me something fun and something funny. I really want to, let's bring back comedy. Yeah. <laughs> I think we need to laugh. <laughs> Can you describe the pitch you made to the Goodman board about what this play is? Oh, ha, that was funny. Um, uh, so we were, I mean, it was, it wasn't a, a, just to be clear, just in case anybody's listening, it wasn't a, a pitch. It was the play had already been selected and we were kind of doing a little dog and pony show to like the donors and people to sort of get them hyped up for the coming season. So it's like a little like, this is what's coming. And they're like, okay, explain what Nakarima Society is all about. And I went, well, it's Montgomery, Alabama, 1964. <laughs> And the whole audience, I heard them. They're right in front of me. They go, oh. like there was just this like, mm. you know, they're doing that like respectful. Mm. Oh. And I like just turned to them and said, and it's a farce. Gotcha. And they were all like, ah, because it was like a half laugh, a half shock kind of thing. And I'll never forget those two sounds because they were very, very funny. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's Montgomery, Alabama, 1964, and we are prepping for a debutante ball. And when Susan Booth approached me with this play, she had no idea that I was actually a debutante. Amazing. Well, and and this is what I mean, I love the backstory about your, you know, uh, serious and comic roots and how, for me, the best comedy is always rooted in the serious and especially oh, yeah. and or the the powerful. What I'm curious about, I haven't read the script, how much comedy was on the page and how much comedy did you um add to i'm thinking specifically of the moment where catherine is trying to get some information from uh alpha 
And she does that when her alpha's back is turned, she does this stalking walk. That's so (laughs) it's out of it's out of uh, slowly I turn. I just was about to say slowly I turn. I mean, that's how we see it. Like um, that is very not on the face. That is the brilliant Aura Jones. I can't even take credit for that. That is the brilliant, brilliant Aura Jones uh, who I just, Wish I could keep it in my pocket and take around with me. She's just so doggone good. The whole cast is so doggone good, but like Aura and Faye particularly have, I mean, these are comedians. You know, they are the way, they're just that damn good. And they've been doing this. They've been doing this for a minute. So they've been doing this, but, and, 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 you know, it was it was promised as a two and a half hour show. Well, it was much closer to three on opening night, and all of that were <laughs> pauses being held for laughs. For laughs. Yeah, yeah, which was great. But not just Aura and Faye, but down to the younger actors too. Everybody was so assured, and clearly, you led a room which allowed for invention from the actors. They clearly fed off of you off the script and off each other and again i'm dying i'm sitting here with taking notes how did you do that oh yeah well once you've really given great actors you know you start the recipe starts with great actors and great actors can do anything they might not know they could do anything because they've never had an opportunity Been like they, you know but I already know the people are great actors and they've they've auditioned, you know, with this script. So mm-hmm. I know they have the facility. And then it's really just about the permission to like try. And like you said, comedy is rooted in reality. Like the more seriously I play this absurd situation, yeah. the funnier it is. I have to take my absurd situation extremely seriously. I can't be laughing at my character. I can't be laughing at the situation. I can't punch down, right? So they get all that. I mean, I really just, I think it was a room of great inclusion. I would tell them things like, you guys, the best idea wins, the funniest idea wins. So whatever you want to do, that's going to win. It can win. You can win. You can trump me. Like, if I say do this, and you do that, and it's funnier, we're going with that. And that's how it, that's, that's how my room works. Hi, this is Cynthia Ryder, Managing Director of the Hartford Stage Company, and you're listening to the Reduce Shakespeare Company podcast. Where can you RSE the RSC? This fall of 2023, we'll be performing the complete history of comedy abridged and the ultimate Christmas show abridged around the country. Check out the touring page at our website, reducedshakespeare.com, or our Facebook page or Twitter feed at Reduced for the latest information. Now back to my conversation with director Lillianne Brown, director of the Goodman Theater production of Pearl Clegg's extraordinary comedy of class, the Nakarima Society requests the honor of your presence at a celebration of their first 100 years, which has been extended to this Sunday, October 22nd, 2023. 
this assuredness, comic uh, assuredness, uh, extends to Shariba Rivers, the just this year double Jeff nominated actor right. playing a, a a totally physical silent role. Exquisitely. Yes, not one line, not one word. Uh, and when I tell you that none of what she did is on the page, not any of it. Wow. So I'd say if Pearl were to see this play, she'd say, well, that's the biggest addition is like that. You can't see that coming because she just has, I mean, it says she goes and gets coats and she comes back and she goes and gets the coats and she comes back. And so I was like, oh my God, what an opportunity. Please, I'm sorry, you put a silent thing in a play. I feel like you're already telling me what to do with this person, even though it's not in the stage directions. It feels like a, a, a silent maid is in this house. Yeah. Well, clearly that's who holds all the opinions. That's who finds out all the secrets. That's who, like, it- Who knows everything. Right? And then you get, again, someone like Shariba Rivers. And when I tell you, I really thought she was gonna turn it down. I was just like, do I even ask her, is she gonna wanna slap my face for offering her a silent maid part? But I just like told her, like, I promise this is going to be really, really, really good. And of course, she is also Ife's understudy and has already been on for the lead role of Grace DuBose Dunbar. Because you got to make a deal sweet if you want, you know, you want to get Shariba Rivers to play a silent maid. But I was like, did you give her I, her own? I promise this is going to be a cool thing for you on the page. It, not so much. But like what we're going to do is going to be amazing. You have that made character who knows everything. And in a play about class, a comedy about class, what a great opportunity to bring the one character in the play that people are referring to into the play. It's so... And with, and with no words, you know? Yeah. Um, I, I, I would say to her, like, you're us. Right? Like, she's us. She's the audience's way in. Yes. And so, she that she's our reflection, you know? So, all the shock or disdain or little moments that she smiles, right? Like, I said, if the audience wants to know how to feel at any given time, they should check in with Jesse. And I want them to feel like, well, what does Jesse think? And, and you know, and it, it works like that. And so far, she hasn't pulled a muscle from rolling her eyes. <laughs> <laughs> she is just a master. I, I really am in awe of Sheree, but she is such a wonderful actor. I've, I've gotten to work with her before. I will absolutely be working with her again because I love her. Um, but the funniest thing is, like, she plays so high status. She is a very high status. <laughs> you know, she's just one of those people. Like, she naturally plays high status. So if you put someone like that in a maid uniform, you get this sort of combustible, Yeah, I don't know how to, I don't have a word for sort of the frisson. That comedy of, of that. contrasts. Yeah. I loved hearing, I love hearing you talk about status because that is the source of so much comedy. That's, I mean, there we go. Comedy basics, high status, low status, punching up, punching down. Right. Like this is this is where we get comedic yeah. tension because, I mean, this is a play where nobody's wrong. Mm. Mm -hmm. 
right? And yeah. which is great. That's the outcome you want. You want to be like, oh, I'm kind of rooting for everybody. I don't know. I mean, Grace obviously needs to be sort of knocked off her pedestal or taught a lesson, but like, we don't want her to have horrible tragedy in this life because we love this character, right? You get, you end up loving this character. Yeah. Uh, you, you love Catherine, you love these characters. You kind of, it, it, you become more of a, let's see how this shakes out. And that's the fun of it is I think I want people to to feel like they're rooting for every character and they just want to see how it all could possibly resolve because yeah. it's all so confounded and confused. You just want to be along for the ride to see how this all shakes out. That's it for this week's Reduced Shakespeare Company podcast, except for one more thing, which I'll share with you in about 60 seconds, so stick around. The Goodman Theater production of Pearl Clegg's The Nakarima Society requests the honor of your presence at a celebration of their first 100 years has been extended to this Sunday, October 22, 2023. And director Lillianne Brown's next production, Dream Girls, runs at the Goodspeed Opera House in Connecticut from November 10th to December 30th, 2023. Go to goodmantheater.org or goodspeed.org for more information about those productions. Then send us your old school comic influences via email to feedback at reducedshakespeare.com or throw a comment to us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram or on our own actual website, reducedshakespeare.com or visit my website, theshakespeareans.com. And you can find out more about the extraordinary work of director, actor, and educator Lillianne Brown at her website, lilbrownchicago.com. Thanks, as always, to aging debutante Matthew Croak, web services by Ginger Power Limited, music by John Weber and Garage Band. Our random fan shout-out this week goes to Carol Tilkemeyer Kane. No reason, it's just random. Special thanks to Cynthia Ryder, the managing director of Hartford Stage Company in Hartford, Connecticut. And as always, thanks very much to you for listening. Please continue to stay safe and keep your masks on. I'm Austin Titchener, 880-2640ths of the Reduced Shakespeare Company. My wife is a Second City alum also. She described um, this production and the play as old-fashioned in all the great ways. It feels, it felt like a Kaufman and Hart comedy. It felt like the man who came to dinner. A lot of great eccentric comic characters talking about important stuff in a hysterical and ultimately very moving way. Oh, I love that she said that. Thank her for me. Because um, I, I, what a gift. Like, uh, that's exactly right. It is amazing to hear, especially because it's all true. It's all true. Like, we're looking with our 2023 eyes at history and we're like, oh, at Montgomery, Alabama, 1964, all of the Black people were marching. And it's like, no, they were not. All of the Black people weren't marching. There were some people who we're doing something else entirely because no one's, a, no people are a monolith. And, uh, and Pearl said that part of her point of writing the play was to show that with all people, even in the middle of wars, in the middle of famines, in the middle of revolutions, people are falling in love, 
getting married, having family dramas, having squabbles, babies born, people die, people graduate from school. Life is happening. And that what she saw was sort of this presentation of like, as if all people were all struggling at all times. And it's like, well, they were also like living their regular lives because, you know, any of us could tell you like, well, here's my family pictures and here's somebody graduating in 1964 and here's somebody getting married. Like life was happening, but all you see in the movies or on stage is like the struggle. So it's really hilarious to have a scene where there's like two fancy black ladies sitting around like, oh my God, I wonder if he's going to have another march. Oh no. Oh God. That would just be too much. How will my maid get to work? Right? Like that's a hilarious conversation. This podcast is a production of the Reduce Shakespeare Company. Reducing expectations since 1981. Go to ReduceShakespeare.com for performance dates, actor bios, email newsletters, and so much less. And so much less. And so much less. And so much less. And so much less.